Welcome to the Christian Ministries Church Podcast. My name is Josh Barnett. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. Y'all ready? <laughs> I tell you, God is good. He is, uh, he's moving in our day. Regardless of what's going on in the world, uh, he's moving in our day. Get that over there. That might happen again, but listen, I just want to thank Tim and Terry for mentoring us all these years, and um, you know, Wendy says it all the time, we direct this thing if, if it wouldn't have been for them and this ministry here, and, and I just, uh, you know, I had to fight off envy every time I come here. You know, you people, y'all have got some great pastors and leaders here, you know, Paul and Josh and just the whole crew that does all this is just phenomenal. Y'all give y'all staff and leadership a huge thank you, you know, because they're not just here to give a bunch of information. They're here to impart into you. And we've lacked so much of that in the body of Christ. And God is bringing order and correction and transformation to his body, regardless of what you see going on around. And um, he's doing that because there's been such a deception in the body of Christ for the last 200-something years here in America. And it hasn't just been something that's so obvious. It's been a slow deception to just get you to bite a little at a time until now we're living in the harvest of that deception that we bit off into. And so there's a whole generation that is suffering from that because the body of Christ has kind of taken a back seat and we're just like, oh, well, it's just all oh, end times, doom, gloom, you know, and that deception has been over this time is guilt and condemnation preaching. Say this prayer, manipulate you to say a prayer so we can get numbers and you sit down and you wait to go to heaven. Come on. And so we've made it about a prayer instead of making it about transformation. Instead of overcoming trial by fire occupying, possessing, bearing fruit, you know, changing our, our life. See, we, we haven't done that. And when you start trying to do that now in our culture of everything's fair, everybody gets a trophy. And see, in my business, everything ain't fair. You got a 140-pound man getting on a 1,500-pound bull. There's no way that's fair. It doesn't even make sense. It's the dumbest thing you've ever even seen. Why does anybody do that? I don't know why y'all pay money and watch. Glad you do. But it makes absolutely no sense. But something has to be settled in you to be in that industry, to ride bulls, to raise bulls, to haul them up and down the road. It, it cost us more to do this than we make. Now, we do very good. God blesses us. Don't get me wrong. 
But there's something that has to take place on the inside of you that says, this is what I'm doing. And I'm not talking to you today about purpose, about destiny. I'm talking about where you are on your jobs, in the schools, uh, anywhere you are at. God will take care of your purpose and your destiny and all that. He's just trying to get you to occupy and do with the little, come on, steward the little that you have right now. And so it blesses me that this leadership, they come and tell you that your little darlings need a whooping every now and then and control yourself, sit in the, I, we're, babe, we're going home implementing it. Yeah, because that's what the body of Christ does. It is to develop that generation, the next generation. See, we have let the guilt and condemnation preach and take over to where we're, you know, the left behind and the rapture practice and all that, you know. And so we're not transforming people into believers with faith. But here's some things that you have to settle first and foremost right off the bat. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you're a bull rider, if it doesn't matter what it, it doesn't matter. You got to settle that there is a plan A for your life. God has ordained your days. Psalms 139, 16, he has ordained your days. In other words, he has worked out your days. Now, there is a thief who's trying to rewrite all that. But you got to settle today that there is a plan A for your life. And let's look at plan A. And you must understand that there is a plan A. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. And God blessed them. Right off the bat, God blessed you. Right off the bat, blessed are you. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Right off the bat, you see that God's intentions for making you is to bless you and for you to be fruitful and multiply and to occupy. That's God's intent for you. Deuteronomy 28, he brings it right on down. Verse two, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, you will, if you will obey the Lord your God. And he goes on to bless shall you be in the city, bless shall you be in the country when you come in, when you go out, you'll be above and not beneath, you'll be the head, not the tail. God is not up there mad at you. God's not just waiting for you to mess up, he's waiting for you to get your stuff together and to agree with his word and to do it. That's what he's waiting on. Matthew 5, verse 2, Jesus, first sermon, opening his mouth, he began to teach them, saying, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are those, blessed are you, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the, he's blessed. 
John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, destroy. I came that they might have life and might have it abundantly. Do a word search on that word abundantly. It'll change your life. Look it up in the Greek. God wants you abundantly blessed, not miserable and just barely getting by. Come on. See, plan A is for the believer to be blessed and to occupy. See, we face struggles in life, but those struggles, listen, in this world, you'll have tribulation. I get it. I got it. But those tribulations, they don't break a believer, they make a believer. That's the difference. That's the total difference. And until you change your mindset, what we teach all the time in our uh, rodeo camps and bull riding schools is thoughts become words. Words become actions. Actions become habits. Habits become character. And so we've got to get our thoughts lined up with God's word so that when we start speaking things, they're God's word and not just dumb stuff. Because we can speak some dumb stuff. See, there's always going to be pressure. Always. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things passed away, new things have come. Listen, old things, old attitudes, old thinking, old speaking, these are things that are passing away. Things that were going to keep you from going forward into Christ. These are the things that's got to change. You're going to get a fresh start. Come on. Your sins are forgiven. Let, let me just explain this to you. God hates shame. Too many people live under the shame of their past when God's already forgiven it and it's holding them back. That's why God hates shame. Because shame makes you do this instead of this. It keeps you from confidently entering into the throne room. God hates shame. Shame is one of the enemy's greatest tools. One of the new things that has to change is when we get and become a new creature, we get a new leader on the inside, and that's the Holy Ghost. This new leader is going to start an inner dialogue that is so important that I believe most Christians have misunderstood, have ignored, because an inner dialogue is going to shut down this outer dialogue that's going on with Target, Budweiser, your government, your school districts, the, all, come on. See, that's an outer dialogue that's taking place. And if you're not careful, you get frustrated, you get, this, and the whole time the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you going, you ain't of that. 
Listen, one thing that we've been so blessed in our business is that we've got multiple friends that are world champions that a lot of them are in the top 20 and top 30 in the world. And, and the thing about them that you'll notice right off the bat, they don't think like normal. It's not normal. We was at doing a bull ride another day in Hull Day Zeta. And if any of y'all have ever followed the bull riding for any time, back in the 2000s, uh, early, well, actually it was in, in, 90, in the early 90s, Adriana Marais came over from Brazil. Well, that opened the floodgate, and I call them the tribe. The tribe come over, well, in the latter part of 2000, and these guys were a lot hungrier than our guys. Our guys were going through a time of everything's fair, everybody gets a trophy. These guys weren't that way. And Paulo Krimber come over. And listen, if he, they, their rope is backwards, they pull more rope, and there's all the, I'd just soon have a bull hung up in a cattle guard than draw a Brazilian. But Paulo's boy, he's 17 years old. And we were at a bull riding, and we had one of our bulls that was in the finals this year, 701, Mr. Right Now. If you're ever watching, you'll see Mr. Right Now. And he is exactly what his name is. I want everything right now. I want it right now. I want my food right now. I want hay right now. I, want, I don't want to be in here right now. I want... He, everything's right now. And I mean, he's just an intense bull. He can't even eat without being intense. He'll take a bite of food. He'll throw it over his head. You know, he's just right now, you know. And he's a machine. And Paulo Krimber's 17-year-old boy knows this bull on the tour. And when he seen him at an amateur deal, we were doing an opening with him. You know, this bull's going to be here. This is all he's won. This is, you know, his eyes lit up. And he looked at me and Josh and he go, is he in the draw? And Josh goes, no, you're going to have to wait three more months. You turn 18. When you start going to tours, then you can. He's like, oh, man. I haven't seen that in years in a bull rider. See, this boy, John Krimber, you write his name on your page. You're going to see him. He's a machine. I'm telling you right now, this 17-year-old kid spurs a bull better than anybody i ever seen. And I mean, does ride handy now. And I can't wait for him to get up into the, get out there because he is the real deal but I'm telling you, they think differently because they have an inner dialogue that is settled. This is what I'm doing. I don't care if I break something. I don't care if it kills me. I don't care if it, come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? Because a bull rider has to know and settle, I could die doing this. Now, it don't make sense. I get it. 
But you have to have an inner dialogue that says, this is what I'm going to do, and I've counted the cost, and I'm going to do it. And then you put that out of your mind, and Paul told Timothy, God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of sound mind. Now, don't let anything dictate to you any otherwise. That's an inner dialogue that says, I don't care what all these other people are saying, this is what I'm going to do right here. So it transgresses, oh, it, it goes over any line of occupation or whatever you're doing. Your inner dialogue has to be that you're blessed because the devil is going to try to talk you out of it. He's going to try to talk you out of plan A. And let me just say this, and even to the point where it might make you bad and uncomfortable, plan B is for losers. Plan B, write it down, is for losers. Because plan B is the devil talking you into settling for just enough. Come on. The new thing that you get is a perspective, a mental view, a visible scene, its inner relation in which a subject or its parts are mentally viewed. See, God's going to work on your perspective. He's going to work on your capacity to view things in their true relation or relative importance. God is working on what, what's the truth here? What's really the truth here? Come on. See, there's an inward dialogue that has to start an overhaul on our belief system. Your belief system is going to have to be overhauled. I don't care if you sat in churches all your life. We're all having to go through. Listen. God's not going to recognize your denomination when you get to heaven. He's going to recognize your hunger and how much you wanted it. We've got a saying around our crew, hey, you got to want it. You got to want it. You got to want this. This ain't, this ain't for the faint at heart. You're going to have an outer dialogue that's telling you, oh, Christianity's a crutch. All right, well, you try it a little bit and see how, if that's holding you, come on. It ain't a crutch. It's life. It's life changing. It ain't a fad. It ain't a, a fashion. No, it's life. And you're going to have to bear down. Listen, it's the struggles, the pain, the misfortunes and frustrations that forges and transforms God's divine character in you to become a new creature that's high above and not beneath, that's the head and not the tail. God's trying to forge. Listen, get out of your mind that God's mad at you. Just because you face a few struggles. No, he knows what it takes to squeeze it out of you. To squeeze you out and to get him in. 
See, when you try to live without struggles and hardships, that's why Paul said, count it all joy. James said, I'm sorry, count it all joy. Nobody likes counting the pain and the frustration and the struggles joy. But when you change your perspective that God's trying to promote you and to bring you into a different position with more glory and more faith, then you count it all joy. And as God is beginning to put his divine character and nature in you, it changes how you walk through them doors right there. See, you don't walk through them doors going, what can I get today, preacher? How are they going to entertain? It takes you from being a consumer mentality to coming in saying, I want to touch the heart of the Father because he has been working on the inside of me and I've had this dialogue and I can't wait to go and worship and not just sit there like this. Come on. You become not just a spectator, but you become a, God, I'm here for you today. I'm here to worship you. Come on. It'll change your entire life. And when you try to live without these struggles and this pain in your life, you settle for average. When you agree with plan A, listen, that inner dialogue starts to work and your human nature side has to come into submission. Because if your human nature doesn't come into submission with the word of God, if you'll do what I say, that's what he said. If you'll do this word, listen, our human nature is going to be influenced by the hardship, the struggles, and everything going on around us. Dang, I can't shop at Target no more. Who cares? I was so happy they did that. I don't have to spend one more dollar in Target or I don't have to go walk around in Target no more. Sorry, honey. Come on. Listen, I get to spend my money where I want to. And it's not going to be a target. <laughs> Moving right along. First Peter 5, 8. Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, I love that. He says, your adversary. And so that there's no misconception on who it is, he goes, the devil. I like when it's clear. Your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Listen, the adversary is committed. Committed 24-7 to change plan A in your life of being blessed, being fruitful, and possessing. That's his job. He's committed to it, and you ain't going to whip him or overcoming being a part-time Christian. It's not going to happen. And I can't tell you how many young men 
that I sit and watch and get so frustrated when they crawl down in that buck and shoot and they're just not all there. Because let me tell you, without prejudice or racism, that bull don't care if you're ready or not ready. He's given his 100% to get you off his back and then half of them are gonna wanna maul you then and when it's over. I can't tell you how many times I drug a broke limb out of the arena because I knew he wasn't done yet. Hear what I'm saying. And I see boys all the time lay there, oh, my leg's broke. That bull don't care. He gonna break something else if you don't get to crawling. We'll worry about putting it together later, but I need you to come on and help me because I can't drag you on my own. Is this making sense? Yeah, I'm, I'm, not t- I, I'm not telling you something that we're just making these stories. I'm telling you right now, I've sat there holding the guy going, you're going to have to dig with that other leg because this bull's done made around. He's coming back. And then we both take a mauling because you ain't going to dig. That's how serious your enemy is on changing your plan A. And until you can make that real, until you can make that real in your life that he's out to wipe you out, you, you're gonna have to get full time here. Come on. Exodus thirteen seventeen. Here's what God said: Lest these people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. That's the enemy's job is trying to get you to see war and think you can't win. The enemy's always trying to dictate to you with this outer dialogue what you're seeing. What you see is not as much of a reality as what you can't see. Does that make sense? Because the devil's always going to try to trick you into he's winning. See, Hebrews 11, 6 and 7. And here's the deal. God had to get them to a dead end. And then he put the fire behind them and trapped them there. And I mean, all they see is the enemy coming down on them, right? What does God tell Moses? He doesn't say, oh, just hang on just a minute and start wringing his hands trying to figure out what he's going to do. No. He said, you stand right here. You look that away and you point your little stick out over there. And I'm going to go back over here and I'm really going to make Pharaoh mad. He said, I'm going to go harden his heart and make him matter. How many times have you ever thought, Lord, my God, where are you? 
The enemy is just pouring down on me. Listen, God's got you at a dead end to squeeze you a little bit, to work on your inner dialogue, to build some faith, because let me tell you something, God's about to run the score up on the devil. Let me tell you, every time you see a team sitting on a lead, you always go, oh, don't sit on a lead, go on, run. God don't sit on a lead. He runs a score up. He, he don't care. He's going to run the score up. And I mean, he ran the score up. That wind started blowing from the east. And they worship a God of wind from the east. God said, I'm going to make you think you're winning. God let Pharaoh think his God was winning. Come on. And he parted that Red Sea. And then it says dry ground. Come on, man. Let's, let's just run the score up. You ain't going to walk through mud or wet or no, it's going to be dry. Come on, there's no reason to whine or make excuses. You just got to wait on God and let that inner dialogue shut down everything else that you see going on around you. Hebrews 11, and without faith, verse 6, it is impossible to please him. How have we missed this? For he who comes to God must believe that he is. God is trying to get us to believe that he is more than just salvation. That he is our provider, our healer. He's the one who fights our battles. He's the one. Come on. We just have to stand there in faith knowing he's going to do it no matter what we see. See, God's trying to forge that internally in our minds and our spirit. That what we see externally doesn't affect what he's doing in our life and through us. Numbers 13, 33. There also we saw the Nephilims and we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. When you settle for plan B, you become a grasshopper. Come on. You start believing that, that they're bigger. When God told them, you go possess, take, be fruitful. Come on. See, they allowed the outer dialogue of what their eyes was seeing dictate to them what they were going to do instead of what God said they were going to do. We've got to get this right, y'all. We've got to get this right. We're living in a day where we're being pushed and shoved into this belief that our inner dialogue has got to be hooked up with the kingdom of heaven that we can go, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come on. Numbers. I'm sorry. Not numbers. Psalms 34, 3. See, you can't, you can't go through life without... If your inner perspective 
is that what's going on out here is bigger than your God, you're not going to make it. You, you're just not going to make it. The adversary is only bigger than your perspective of God. Psalms 34, 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. See, when pressures come from outside forces, our perspective and inner dialogue must be, he is. He is my deliverer. He is my provider. He is my healer. Come on. See, you may not believe everything God has declared over your life, but I can assure you the adversary, the devil, does believe it. And that's why he doesn't want you walking in it. Because here's the deal. If our days in one, Psalms 139, verse 16, were already ordained and declared, God already declared Tim Brooks before Hetty Lou Brooks was born. So do you think there would be a sign out there that says celebrating 50 years of ministry if there wasn't an inner dialogue saying, this is why I'm here? And pushing through all the struggles, frustrations, misunderstandings. Listen, there's an inner dialogue that has to take place that says, God called me to do this, and this is what I'm going to do. And yes, I will work this thing out. Come on. There's going to be struggles. And the enemy heard the word brooks in the spirit in the heavens. This is what their brooks are going to do. And the enemy set out right then to be an adversary against. Just like in your lives. Come on. See, your inner dialogue must be, oh, magnify the Lord. We've got to learn to quit focusing on all the distractions. We, we can't get focused on all those distractions. If you get jerked up watching the news, quit watching it. You know? Listen, David, he could have settled for being a shepherd boy. He could have settled for being uh, Saul's armor bearer. He could have settled for just singing to the king. Heck, for that matter, David could have settled for being an adulterer, a murderer. David could have settled for letting his failures come on. Because we do that too, don't we? We settle in and we get honed in on, oh, we lost it right here. No, you didn't lose. David learned. David broke to God. He didn't break to the baby that died when he sinned. Right? His inner dialogue was, God that baby's in your hands and he's in your hands better than the king of Israel. Yeah. 
And I, he can't come to me, but I can go to him. So there's an inner dialogue that has to always break to God and magnify God in that. Come on, are y'all with me? Listen, grief didn't set in on David. And too many times we allow failures and loss and dictate whether we go on or not. And I, I can't prove it. But I truly believe, it's my opinion, I don't give my opinion, I usually do the word, but it's, when you read the story of Abraham, his father Terah was headed to Canaan. And his son died, and that's where his daddy settled. And Abraham went on. Listen, excuses and a victim mentality are from the devil. I'm just going to tell you. My boys know. Excuses just makes me cringe. Excuses and a victim mentality is from the devil. You can't walk around and be victorious always feeling like the victim because the devil's going to keep you offended. Why well, didn't that girl over there? Makes me so mad. Might, might you go and maybe get to know her? Go see her heart. Ask her why she's dancing. Just because she's happier than you are, you old sour puss, don't mean you have to bring her down. I found myself back there going. Come on. See, when you get an inner dialogue going on on the inside of you, you come in here, you connect with God. Let me tell you something. Cartwheels in heaven are going to make you uncomfortable if you can't get it figured out here. Because when the presence of God shows up, cartwheels fixing to happen. Like Tim, I'd do one if I thought I could get up from it. David never focused on the external dialogue trying to change plan A. Plan A was he's a man after God's own heart. Do you realize God told Samuel that 15 years before David was even born? Go do the math on it. God said, I have found a man after my own heart and David wasn't even born. That's plan A. If we could just get this. Come on. Look at Joshua and Caleb. They had an inner dialogue 
like no other. All they seen was, that's my mountain. That's my mountain. And for 40 years, they had to wait on their mountain. Caleb said, I'm as good now. It says in the word, it says, God kept them alive. And that word means alive in Hebrew is preserved and whole. It doesn't matter how long, come on. God kept them preserved and ready. And when they were 80 years old, it was just like they were 40. Come on. Eddie Lou cracked me up. She come up after this morning. You know how she does. She go, I'm not settling for plan B. I thought, you're in your 90s. I'm like, yeah. If anybody in here didn't settle for plan B, it's her. And yet she's still leaving room for more. My Lord. <laughs> Come on. Let's look at our new dialogue. And it's going to be tried. It's going to be tested to the very max. But if you can stick this out, it will yield the peaceful fruit of righteousness. And it will bring you to another level and another position and another, come on, in Christ like you've never seen before. Exodus 3, turn there. It says, now to him who is able to do exceeding, look at these words, to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. And then it says, amen. In other words, so be it. If we can realize that inside of us, there is an exceedingly, abundantly, come on, beyond all that we can ask or think. God says, I'll do that. To him who is able. But you know what it's waiting on? It's waiting on us. Let me show you. The promises of God are yes and say yes and wrong. We totally miss this every time. It says the promises of God are yes and our amen, our inner dialogue agreeing with what God says about his promises for my life. I could walk in them, I could possess, I can take, I could conquer, I can occupy. Come on. You have to agree with it. When you agree with it, then the door starts opening. Come on. But too many times, God knows that we're going to have to be squeezed into this. Because that adversary is always trying to rob us of the promises. Come on, this is your new inner dialogue. 
that he has to take, that it has to take place. It has to transform our lives. Come on. Into giant killing mountain moving machines. And in Hebrews where it said without faith it is impossible to please God. It goes on to say that Noah by faith continued to build an ark which saved his family. See, if you don't get this inner dialogue worked out, Noah had to build this ark for a hundred years. A boat. When there's been no flood, there's been no rain. We don't, a boat? What's a boat? Daddy, everybody's laughing because you're building this boat saying all these animals are coming and this judgment of God's coming. Everybody's laughing. Son, hand me that board over there. Daddy, you don't understand. Our neighbors think we're, we're son, I need that hammer right over there. Daddy, I don't know why we're having that. Son, I, I need you to go down there and fall that tree over there because we need one more beam running right down through here. And I think we're going to tie it in right here because the Lord said, here's the dimensions that we're going to have to make it. And he, Come on, let's go get. Your refusal to quit building the ark To quit coming into the presence of God. Your refusal to quit God is going to be salvation for your family, whether they understand it or not. When Target's given in and right, Satan uh, respects your pronouns, you can't purify evil. You have to destroy it. And you're going to have to have an inner dialogue that says, I'm not putting up with that and I ain't. Come on. God ain't confused. God has, God's not confused. And listen, and here's another thing that just drives me nuts. God works in mysterious ways. Uh, mm-mm. No moonbeam right here it is. Everything you need to know about you getting in alignment with God is right here. It ain't a mystery. It's right here. Come on, are y'all with me? And that's going to say, you might be, listen, the devil is the author of confusion. So you look at what we're surrounded in and tell me that this inner dialogue doesn't need to be something on your radar. You can't be confused about male or female. There's no confusion there. But yet we got people trying to normalize sin Look, 
Your kids are watching TV and going to school and they're trying to normalize and missing the mark. Sin is missing the mark of where God has put. Listen, Jesus is the mark. He will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could think or ask in Christ Jesus. Come on. Jesus is the mark. That's what we're focused on. That's our inner dialogue. That's what, come on. Listen, here's a word for someone here. If y'all would stand with me. This transformation, it may not look like or started out like what you've envisioned. And it may be a struggle and it may be uncomfortable. And you may be in lack. Listen, I had to write this down because God showed me this a while back. You. And you're here and you're struggling with this transformation process in this inner dialogue. It may be uncomfortable and you're in lack and want. But here's what I'm gonna tell you. If you can bear down through the process, plan A will manifest itself. It's going to manifest itself. Listen, quit looking at trials as failure. You, you got to quit looking at trials as failure, but that it's taking you to a greater position in God. God's going to pull you out of your comfort zone because he's not interested in your comfort. I know that sounds hard, but he's not so much interested in your comfort as his character being developed in you. Because when you read in 1 Samuel 22, it says, and everyone who was in distress and everyone who was in debt and everyone who was discontented gathered to David and he became the captain over them. And I just chuckled and I laughed. Because everything in David's life is going wrong. The king hates him. Everybody's trying to kill him. He's living in a cave. He's not even in Israel, in the pro, he's out in the wilderness in a cave. Not only does he have problems, but now everybody that's got problems, he's got. And here's what I want to tell you. Quit looking at the people around you as the problem and you focus your inner dialogue on God and you'll turn all those discontented people into mighty men of God. Now that's for somebody, and it may be for several, but I'm just telling you, there's no excuses, there's no victim mentality, 
Because I'm telling you, if David would have bought into that, we wouldn't have these great stories. And here's what you have to understand. Yeah, David killed giants and he killed bears and he killed lions, but he wasn't ready to rule the kingdom yet. God knew that. So God had to squeeze him a little bit more. Come on, are y'all with me? Y'all start to see this. Abraham was called in Genesis 12, but it wasn't until Genesis 22 when God said, indeed, I will. So don't discount your struggles and your frustrations and your lack thinking that God's not doing something and that you're just out there on your own. No, God's trying to get you to occupy and steward the little where you're at right now and win that. Because if you can't win that, if you can't ride the jumping kickers, you're not going to do well where I'm going. Does that make sense? And here's the thing. You can't get too comfortable riding the little old jumping kickers and pudgy ones and expect to go to the PBR and ride that juice hog up there. Because he's not even going to feel the same as old pudge-eyed blowfish you've been getting on. Come on, does that make sense? So God's going to take you through different levels to get to where when you do see Mr. Right Now, you go, oh, yeah. I've been waiting. Come on, I'm telling you, John Crimber's hands probably sweat at night just thinking of the day when he could put his hand in that rope and feel him underneath him. Come on. Come on, where are you at? Y'all lift your hands with me all over the building. Even if you're uncomfortable, go on, I see y'all, y'all are uncomfortable, I don't care. Just lift them. It'll be the most freeing and most amazing thing in your life. Because it's bringing your flesh into submission. Come on, what do you do when the law shows up? Don't shoot. Come on, there's nothing wrong with going, Dad. Man, I need you. I'm being bogged down here. Holy Spirit, I pray right now for these hands that are lifted all over this building. Holy Spirit, I just pray in this moment right now that you begin to stir on the inside of them to bring this inner dialogue to the forefront where they hear you more than they hear everything that's going on around them. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do in the life, the power that works within us. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Whatever we ask or think, you'll do. 
Lord, help us to have the mentality that there's nothing too big to ask for and there's nothing too crazy to think about doing. That there's no mountain too high that we can't climb, no giant, giant too big that we can't whip. God, here we are. Send us. Help us to keep building to be a salvation for our families. Father, I thank you right now for your word and how rich. And I thank you that the promises of God are yes and our amen. Amen. Love you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.